On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the roof is on fire. The Saints, not so much. In a city where everything is going wrong, the team follows suit. We've got a little Pelicans news. We've got a lot of Latoya and so much more. Stick around, Polk and Kush. everyone to poke and cush it's the end of days wednesday september 22nd 2021 everything is aflame yet here we sit able to do this podcast uh, under piles of trash under questionable energy sources <laughs> under the guys of natural disaster and the threat of natural disaster. <clears throat> Scott Kushner here with you alongside Mr. Andrew Polk. Sir, how are you today? I'm good. Uh, you know, earlier today, I got in a little trouble. Um, last week, we didn't mention it on the podcast, but uh, my favorite comedian, Norm MacDonald, passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching Billy Madison. A scene in Billy Madison is where they take uh, dog poop <laughs> and they put it in a bag and they light it on fire and they leave it in front of a guy's doorstep. And I thought uh, a good way to honor the memory of Norm MacDonald would be to take a flaming bag of dog shit <laughs> and leave it in Jameis Winston's locker. Now, we all saw the news today, the fire. God bless them. The city of New Orleans, they always have your back. They tried to cover up for my mistake. They said it was a gutter or some shit. They, they just said whatever they could to try and take the heat off of me. Sure. But the truth was, it was a prank that I pulled on Jameis after that dog shit performance. I thought he could use little dog shit in the locker room. It got out of hand. I almost burned down the Superdome. And boy, is my face red. <laughs> well, this will be the last show of Poker Kush after that uh, glaring uh, admission. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, quite a scene today as if, uh, you know, everything else being uh, a complete catastrophe around here wasn't enough. There's, we'll get into all of it later with meetings about trash companies and just the obliviousness of, of everything that's happening right now uh, to the citizenry and then... As everyone's driving through downtown, they notice, oh, the only thing we care about still in this city is literally on fire. Uh, a giant cloud of smoke, uh, uh, flames coming up, apparent. what they call it? It was from the gutter? The, yeah, they call it like a gutter tube or, or something yeah. along those lines. I guess people were uh, washing the, the roof and uh, some of the chemicals and maybe the cleaning stuff caught fire. Or there was something with a pressure washer. Uh, you Man. know, who knows? This is where the uh, you're like, where are all the garbage men? Oh, they're apparently <laughs> cleaning the roof of the Superdome. They're on and top doing of there. Quite poorly, but I had. I don't know. I'm sure what happened was somebody was smoking. He's on the roof of the <laughs> yes. Superdome. He's like, I'm going to smoke up here. Nobody cares. Definitely. He threw the cigarette into the 
God knows what it was. <laughs> the cancer-causing cleaning agent blew up. You happened to be driving by, or so it would appear. Yes. You uh, posted that photo. It went viral from there. Uh, and here we are. The the I work next to a fire station downtown. The whole place emptied out. They mm-hmm. went. They took care of it. Uh, one person was taken in the hospital. I think everybody's okay. Thank God. Yeah, that would have been sad if somebody had actually gotten hurt. Uh, otherwise, it was just, you know, fodder for jokes as everybody was, you know. Yeah, it was a lot of Pope jokes about the black smoke. You new know, quarterback. New quarterback. Yeah. yeah, like there was uh, a lot of the same jokes were getting told, uh, especially in my Twitter feed as everyone was. Yeah, I had on. a lot of jokes that were not getting repeated. Yeah. I was like, that's where Chris <laughs> Kyle was during Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> it lit on fire. The memorial for that American sniper. They're no. moving the Al Davis Eternal Flame uh, to the top of the Superdome. <laughs> yes, the. Uh, I mean, the the toy the the toy emerging as Bane was just beautiful. That was perfect. That was. A tweet of ours. <laughs> I'm not going to toot our own horn, it but Jesus Louises. That's what. Go to Polk and Kush on Twitter if you want to see what we're you talking see about. Some gems. We got a, a nice picture of Latoya in the Bane mask. Uh, look, it it, it was uh, a symbol of a month gone awry, uh, a year gone awry, shit in 18 months gone awry. <laughs> Things have not been great here in our fair city. No. They haven't caught a lot of breaks. Uh, the Superdome catching on fire I didn't have in my Apocalypse bingo <laughs> card, but I suppose we should have had. Uh, I don't have frog insurance. I don't have locust insurance. <laughs> I, don't, I guess I got to start working on that uh, because this uh, it, it's been a, a time. And we spoke last week about how great it was uh, that in the midst of all this mayhem, the Saints came out and performed and made everyone so happy. And this time, it's the literal exact opposite. This time, the Saints proved that they're human, too, and that we should not <laughs> uh, take their emotions for granted. Uh, they are human beings that also kind of live in the city. They're all residents of Dallas now. Yeah, I was Arlington. Say, yeah. Somewhere around they're there. They're very happy whatever five-star hotel they've been living in for the last six weeks. We uh, we put our uh, hopes and dreams on the Saints last week. It worked out really well. This week, you know, everything that went wrong seemed to go wrong. There are, of course, reasons for that involving coaches being out. Sure, with COVID players, players they had like eight starters out. Players I think. were out with everything from slipping on a banana peel to. <laughs> getting hit with a red shell yeah, yeah. Uh, um yeah there was a lot of obviously there's a lot of guys missing obviously this roster as we knew was you know uh limited to begin with uh not a ton of depth a lot of the 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 middle class that was so good in that saints team uh of the past few years has sort of been stripped away uh and that was exposed pretty hard uh on sunday uh the the you know in a city that's full of garbage it was really only fitting to get a performance like that where you kept waiting for something good to happen. And then, like, something good did happen. They blocked that field goal, and it was like, oh, it's only 17 nothing. They're, like, all the way down the other end of the field. And then, like, Jameis Winston threw the ball with two guys draped on top of him. Looking the other direction, you're like, 
well, this is the Jameis Winston that we remember. This is the exact. This is like the exact problem that we've always heard about, and that we used to watch highlights of. And uh, and he was back, and I think that's probably the most concerning aspect of this whole game. Yeah, I'm. Um, you know, you can kind of go back to saying, well, there were there were nine starters out total. I believe five on offense, four yes. on defense. Yeah, that's right. That adds up obviously you can't just go it this they aren't the golden state warriors you can't go out there with zero coaches and expect <laughs> to win coaches do actually matter in the nfl and they uh, certainly appeared to in this game Jameis winston yes we saw old Jameis. am i freaking out overseeing it not necessarily if yeah. you said the saints are one and one going into week three of course they are. Do yeah. you th- are the results what you think that they are? No, probably not. They're probably reversed. Sure. Uh, you know, Carolina has the most sacks in the NFL starting out. Who have they played? The Jets and the Saints. <laughs> I was going to say. That's not yes. incredibly indicative. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold's out there looking like Caveman Lawyer. <laughs> this guy. If you want to scare Sam Darnold, just show him fire. <laughs> what are we doing out here? I mean, Carolina was brutal. They, what, ran three blitzes in a row? That was the, the whole game. They're just the most disturbing part to me beyond the Jameis stuff, which is very obvious. The Saints were ran the ball down the Packers' throat the week before. They really kept Jameis uh, into a manager sort of position until the game was kind of out of hand. For the most part, Jameis did the job of setting up the offense and then handing the ball off, and they were able to run the ball successfully with both Kamara and Tony Jones. It was such a, uh, a, a well-balanced, even not even balanced, a ground attack. This week, the Saints running game was horrible. It was ineffective. They gave up on it pretty early, especially when they fell behind. And obviously, they were behind from the first four plays on. Uh, the defense was terrible to start, but actually kind of rounded into shape. But the offense never did. I'm going to read some stats. And they're, I mean, it's honestly hard to believe this was a professional football game. The Saints had six first downs. The entire game. The entire game. Six first downs. They went two for 11 on third down. They had 48 rushing yards. They had 128 yards. 128 yards. Total. Total yards. How? I mean, come on. That's unheard of. They also, uh, in addition, they had 115 yards on 11 penalties. So they actually had 13 more yards of offense than they did of penalties. That's far and away the worst performance this team has had offensively. And there's been some stink bombs under Drew Brees. Now, to be fair, if Drew Brees was the quarterback in that game, the last six minutes, the Saints would have been a house of fire getting down the field. (laughs) They just scored two touchdowns in the last five minutes. They just scored with time expiring. Well, I thought of that Redskins game (laughs) from 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not saying they would have won, but they no one could put up a garbage touchdown drive like Drew Brees could uh, when the game was out of reach. So that didn't happen, obviously. No. So the numbers look very bad. I believe it was the lowest yardage output since 2001 uh, for the team. 
it was horrible. And they honestly probably should have gotten shut out if they hadn't gotten like great starting field position um, on that touchdown drive. But it is uh, – from a football perspective, it's like I don't, I don't know what to make of it, right? It's like how much can you really break down what it is? They have two diametrically opposite performances. They have to be somewhere in between those, right? Yeah, I, I think they are, and I don't think Saints fans were panicking either way. We saw a glimpse of reality with uh, Jameis Winston acting like Jameis Winston, which uh, I think is fine, and if you're going to do that, Get it out of the way now. The Saints have not been 2-0 starting a season since, I believe, 2012. Yeah. Saints fans are not accustomed to doing well in the first couple of games. Yeah. If you're going to get it out of your system, get it out of your system when you're missing nine coaches, eight players, mm -hmm. and you're playing a dog shit team. It sucks when that dog shit team is in your division. Yep. I think uh, the numbers you just read, it's like, man, Carolina's really bad. It wasn't 50 to nothing. <laughs> Seriously. Good Lord. So, but watching that game halfway in the third quarter was like, how is this 17 to nothing? This is a brutal ass Like game. Robbie Anderson's lit on fire? <laughs> He's my age. What the hell is going on? It, I mean, it really should you know, have been. Christian McCaffrey's out there looking like an uh, incensed youth pastor. <laughs> He's all greased up. I still didn't even get a touchdown. I don't think. Or maybe Did he, he got not? One. I don't know. I, I turned it off when it, after. Uh, after what a boring game! It was too. just. A, it was a flogging. They just got the crap kicked out of them, and it, it was I, boring before it was a runaway. You could just tell that it was not the Saints' day, yeah. and it was time to open the mezcal. Yeah, exactly. When the offensive line was literally not blocking anyone, and it became very obvious at a certain point, it was like. They don't know what to do on the offensive line. Like, the Panthers are just blitzing them at places where they cannot react in time. No one knows how to make the call. Andrews Pete went multiple plays. Well, I have a full-on just hatred of him at this point. And so I was just watching him on some of these plays. <laughs> he's not, and I don't know if it's the scheme or the execution, he's not touching. Not much less like getting blown by. Like, he's not physically touching a player on the Panthers. He is a guard. He's lined up directly in front of a guy. He is not putting a hand on a guy for multiple plays in a row as they're just running around them and running schemes that are completely untouched. And it's like, yeah, maybe assistant coaches would help with that, I suppose. The Saints were only missing one offensive lineman, and that being Eric McCoy, who they missed the entire game the previous week right. when they ran the ball down the Packers' throat. So, I just I can't get a read for what they are. As we said last week, I thought it was kind of the easiest bet in the NFL this week. It was a bet against the Saints because they were never going to look as good as they did the first week. However, I don't think they can look as bad as they did this week also. So it's like, I don't know where you land. Like, they clearly are better than they were in this game. Um, but I also don't think that Packers game was any sort of indication either. So what the hell? As they go to New England uh, this week, I don't really know what to expect well i mean it's it's really as good as it's going to get for the saints team uh you know it was mediocre expectations coming into it there were some extenuating circumstances happening against carolina and uh the best the best thing that can happen to this team is you're going into the dome next week against one of the worst teams in in the NFL. Yeah. So after you get through this New England game, then you'll have the Giants at home, which will obviously be a nice big homecoming 
facing Bill Belichick after watching Matt Rule coach you into the oblivion uh, this week is a little concerning. That's though. not going to be good. Belichick. <laughs> uh, I mean, if he, he made. Why wouldn't he just blitz on every single play, every play. and destroy this? But I, I don't know the projected outcome of, of all of the injured players coming back. I don't know if these coaches are going to go get the vaccine and be good to come back. Yeah. There are a lot of there are too many timelines to keep up with here. And I don't really know how the Saints are going to look coming into not next week, but this week. Yeah. Against New England. And Vegas doesn't know either. It's a three point spread. The Patriots are favored. That's basically the home field advantage spread. Um I mean, no one knows what this – you can't make heads or tails of what the Saints are right now. I, I do think if this continues like where Jameis is very clearly rattled, they cannot protect him to do a seven-step drop or a five-step drop, like they are going to have to play Taysom Hill more, and that is not a recipe to win either. No, uh, the Taysom plays against the Panthers provided a spark of hope only because it wasn't Jameis. Yes, because he wasn't getting sacked immediately. He wasn't immediately getting, it wasn't going anywhere. Taysom just can't throw the ball. No, he cannot throw the ball. It's not in his arsenal. (laughs) But seeing a different body out there gave you a little hope. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, this guy can take a hit, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. 128 yards of offense is unheard of. I mean, they were, I had 128 yards of offense in the first quarter the previous week. Yeah, Kamara was getting demolished. He had five uh, yards. Who else is the Tony Jones Jr.? I yeah. didn't see height nor hair of him. Yeah. Deontay Harris, I think, caught one pass. Maybe one. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a utility player. You want to say Swiss Army Knife? Deontay's the fucking Swiss Army Knife. Yeah. He is not a receiver. He is a gadget player at this point. Pretty much. On the Saints. Maybe that's all Jameis can do. Also uh, concerning seeing Jameis can't throw a screen pass. At all. Good Lord. How is that possible? <laughs> and then the one they finally made like a decent play on Callaway got called for holding on the outside. Uh, Marquez Callaway has done nothing after having a nice preseason. He had a very nice preseason, very good training camp. He was, uh, you know... People were saying he was going to be the next Michael Thomas. <laughs> not the next. They were going to go, he will be an adequate replacement for Michael <laughs> Thomas. He has not been thus far. Uh, but, no. you know, this is the NFL. This is two games. There have been insane circumstances in one of the games. I don't feel uh, full of despair for this team. Maybe that's because my despair is uh, rooted in every other aspect of my <laughs> life. The city I live in is done for. My home is on fire. Everyone and everyone I know is in danger. Um, basic human amenities down the drain. Yeah, cost you know, of living is skyrocketing. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, but, you know. Other than that, at least for three hours, we got to be date, mad about football. A Debo looking pretty good. <laughs> you could flip those hips. Uh, um Dude, let, let's just, just let this week be a reminder. And really the last two weeks, we can just let it be a little bit of a reminder that what happens in August and what you read about is mostly total bullshit. Bluster. Nobody knows anything until the game is live and the game matters. Marquez, Marquez Callaway crushing the Jaguars in a preseason game 
doesn't matter. What he does in preseason doesn't matter. Zach Bond looked like he was a child on the field. <laughs> he looked or like a 70-year-old man trying to catch up with Christian McCaffrey. They exposed the Saints linebackers over and over and over again. Uh, simply put, and Sean Payton said it. I mean, it wasn't just Zach Bond, Demario it, Davis. Yeah, he had a looked, million tackles, yeah. but he was not at the ball. No, yeah. Cam Jordan looked like last season's Cam He's Jordan. He's done. He's done. He does nothing. Peyton Turner is the only bright spot of the game. I was blown away that he was able to make as many plays as he was. Uh, I thought he was the next Mark Stavenport for sure. We'd be kind of just waiting forever for him to do something. Yeah. But he had a really nice game. So that's like the biggest upside right now is that you might actually have, if Davenport comes back, you might actually have two like physical specimens. And maybe you got to pull Cam Jordan on third down. And I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, you know, it, it is also, I think, important to note that we're speaking about this team almost solely from the perspective of this is a, you know, 10 and four team that's going to the NFC championship. Yeah, that's true. The, the expectations of this season, we are speaking above them. And I'm going to say for the fifth time, this podcast, I don't feel bad about stuff. Is stuff great? No, no, but it's probably a little bit better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to sort of measure the performances against each other. Uh, now, if they do that again, this is going to be the worst season in a very, very, very long time. That was not that was not just bad. If, that was if historically they do bad. that again, that's that's a different podcast entirely. Yes. I'm being like, very generous right yes. now because my life is in shambles. <laughs> but and, and I credit Sean Payton, who was like, look, it's on me. Yeah. Like, I understand. Like, we got badly outcoached we didn't show up to play like all those kinds of things it's like okay so like flush it move on it's a 17 game season this team is not expected to have home field advantage or anything like that the stakes aren't that high on a week-to-week basis as he said uh but it's got to be better than that yeah that is like one of those things where it's like i'm fine with them losing i'm not fine watching that for 15 more games no nobody that is. was horrible <laughs> so uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the Saints. There is obviously uh, a lot of entry going into New England this week. We'll have a full recap for you next week. Uh, and we'll see what goes on because I think this team is actually more fascinating despite the fact that it's not as, as uh, fun because they're not like Super Bowl contenders. I find it to be actually more fascinating than the last two seasons uh, that the Saints have had. So very curious to see what goes on uh, Sunday. In the meantime, we will take a quick break. We have a whole bunch of local news to talk about. We've got a little bit of Pelicans and, of course, overrated, underrated, and the worst. Stick around. Polk and Kush. Oh, that's J-A-N-S-E, and it's Jansen, Jansen Padagna, the realtor, to the stars. Jansen Patagna, everybody, your favorite agent, my favorite agent, everybody in New Orleans, if you have enough money to own a house, Call Jansen Patagna, email him, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R.com. He is the one, the only, the Jansen, the smartest and most talented and nicest and best looking realtor in this fair city. Jansen, uh, Jansen could sell the roof of the Superdome this week. <laughs> 
This guy is a machine of success. I went to his Instagram and go, let's see what house he has for sale. The most recent thing is just like, yeah, all the house is sold. All the house he had are sold. <laughs> and then a giant hurricane came and hit, and so the next and, uh, round will be coming up soon. Jansen has a special deal with the city. Jansen, of course, he's been in a handsome off contest with Sidney Torres. <laughs> Jansen won, and uh, his prize was that he would have a nonstop garbage pickup for all of his homes. <laughs> if you buy a home from Jansen Battaglia at French Quarter Realty, you are guaranteed to never lose power, never lose internet, and have garbage pickup every single day. Not just once a week, every single day. Yes, like Jimmy Woods. Throw yes. it on the yard, and they'll come and get it. <laughs> Jansen, if you go to his Instagram right now, there's a shirtless video of him yelling in the mountains, ladies. J <laughs> underscore Patagna, and some fellas. It's, it's hey. 2010. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, French Quarter Realty, J underscore Patagna. His phone number's on here. You can text him. I'm going to text him right now. 504-621-9443. J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R dot com. Go get a house. All over Orleans Parish. And everywhere in between. If you're a little tired of Orleans Parish right now, maybe you're thinking, hey, I'd like to maybe move to a different part of the city. He's got Araby. He's got the North Shore. He's got Metairie. He's got Old Jefferson. He can sell houses anywhere in this region and really anywhere in the world. He chooses to do it in this region. Yeah. We appreciate him for that. Jansen Patagna, he is the realtor to the stars. That's a sponsor. That's a sponsor. Now, there's not a ton going on in Pelican's world yet. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk uh, concerning one uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. But this is boring speculation. Ben Simmons is refusing to show up to training camp in Philadelphia. Yes. Some people are speculating that a uh, trade package should come together to bring him to the Pelicans. It's not going to. It makes no sense. He's uh, The Pelicans need a floor spacer. Ben Simmons is not a floor spacer. Yeah. He's a dynamic defender. He uh, his athletic ability is through the roof. He can't shoot very well. The At Pelicans all. do not need him. No, the Pelicans are one of the teams that could actually use him the least because they have Zion Williamson on the floor, who all he can do is score at the rim, and therefore the entire defense is packed into the lane. They need somebody who can push the defense out and not somebody who they will also collapse on. So it makes no sense for this belt. And he's a great player. Like, everybody kind of craps all over Ben Simmons. He's a great player, like a an all-star level, yeah. whatever. He's an amazing player. He just has some flaws that are, like, outrageously flawed. And then he – and those match up kind of exactly with what the Pelicans cannot have. He kind of um, shows the downside of, like, an Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine-style player. Mm -hmm. Like, physically, he fits those frames, but he just doesn't have – he he's not explosive. He cannot shoot at all. He's a good-looking player uh, for what he can bring you defensively and just size-wise. Uh, you know, he's a great passer. Yeah, he he has a lot of the upside of Lonzo mm -hmm. without really that like uh, questionability of well, you know, maybe Lonzo maybe Lonzo can get thirty in a game. Ben Simmons 
no one no one expects that from yeah. him. Uh, so to the the people talking about him coming to the Pelicans, it's just blessed. There's nothing to talk about right now. No. And uh, John Wall kind of fits that mold too. Yeah. He uh, he is not a great fit for the Pelicans either because of basically the everything we just said. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's I don't believe this team is going to go out and now and make a big move right now. Uh, they are working out together in Nashville uh, as a team. I actually don't know if Zion is there or not. He's kind of the only guy who hasn't. We haven't seen really anything about him being there or not. Uh, I'm also not sure if Ingram is there. I would expect he will be at some point, though. Uh, but I think the Pelicans. Every, everybody from New Orleans is going to be in Nashville yeah. very soon, <laughs> from what I'm hearing. It's like uh, one of those old high school football games <laughs> in Texas where they show the whole town driving out to go to the road game. Um, that's going to be uh, New Orleans just moving into Middle Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, that guess I think the Pelicans are spending two weeks there doing their voluntary workouts. Obviously, New Orleans is not a great place, uh, you know, for those guys to be at the moment with things in in flux. And uh, so yeah. But we'll see. I mean, this team is 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 going to be made. You're going to know a lot more about them through a couple of preseason games, and then certainly the start of the season. We're going to see just how much growth in Ingram in uh, Zion. Until then, it really is just sort of a like shrug and wait because yeah. this is like a short off season. This is what's going on. I don't know where it's going to end up going with them, but I know there's a lot of pressure on from minute one. And Media Day is coming up very soon, I believe, in, in a week uh, is Media Day. And that will tell us a lot. Uh, very curious. Zion has not spoken to the media at all since those comments about, you know, the definition of insanity is uh, thinking you're, you know, the, doing the mm-hmm. same thing over and over again and thinking something different's going to happen. Uh, Griff hasn't talked at all, uh, really, all all off season, uh, Bi hasn't talked. Like it has been a very quiet uh, several months from all of the main Pelicans people except Willie Green. So everybody else we're going to hear from, and I am uh, very much looking forward to that. Well, you know what they say: where there's no smoke, there's no fire. Yeah. Exactly. So there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> worry. Everything's good with the Pelicans. You know, Zion has a chance to be one of the highest paid players ever. <laughs> I'm sure he'll he'll love to be. He'll love to live in New Orleans with $300 million, (laughs) spend it all here. (laughs) Nothing bad happening there. But speaking of New Orleans, the city we know and we love, uh, we got a little segment, NOLA Breakdown. You don't have to do that. Oh, damn. Um, Just a story for me, and maybe some of our listeners are doing this right now. There's a thing called D-SNAP. And that's the disaster snap. Snap is what they called food stamps now. Sure. This is a program that was enacted after Hurricane Ida because uh, everyone had to empty out their fridges. It's not a ton of money. It's 200 bucks for a single person, a little more yeah. for a child, you know, stuff like that. Uh, well, the, the phone lines went live a couple days ago. Okay. And they were saying that they were receiving 850 to 900 calls a minute. Oh, my God. This is at a place that probably has, I'm <laughs> estimating, 20 people working I was there. Say, 
and the four of whom can talk on the phone. No one can get into this thing. <laughs> no. And uh, the most confusing, they, they make these services very, very difficult to access because I signed up. I did the pre-register thing online. Mm-hmm. You fill out all the info. You go, well, that's that. Sure. I gave them all the info. I guess they're just going to send me some they're money. They're going to email me or they're going to send me a card and they're going to say yay or nay. That's the end of that. Then I start getting texts from three different phone numbers with DSNAP updates saying interviews have been waived. Thank you for (laughs) pre-registering. Another uh, number gives me a text. Uh, If you have the last name P, which I do, call on Thursday between 9 and 3 p.m. You know, when you're at work. I keep getting conflicting information, and now like Nola Red- Reddy is uh, posting on Instagram about this, and they're just getting demolished in the comments. Yeah. There was somebody that posted a screenshot I saw on Reddit. Uh, the iPhone keeps track of your last 200 call, outgoing calls. Uh-huh. This person had gone the distance. Oh, my God. Calling, D-snap, never got through. He said the one time he got through, he got hung up on. Oh, my God. And then some. they try and keep this uh, this information from the public because they think that people will begin to scam them uh-huh. if they know what the requirements are. But the requirements were leaked today. Uh, they ask you how much cash you have on hand. They ask you your saving. It's like, this isn't really... $200, is that scam-level money? Is this just a thing that everyone... Like, Gail Benson should get this 200 bucks. Yeah, just and give it to everybody. And the guy living under the bridge should get this. Because yeah. everybody's power went out. Uh-huh. And everybody had food. And as far as I know, everybody eats food. Yeah. I don't know why it's means-tested. How many people are not meeting the means? That's always the question. It's like, you're wasting so much manpower on ensuring that you know... You know, that this person doesn't need it. It's like in the meantime, you've made for the 90% of people who do test that they do need this stuff. You've made it a gigantic pain in the ass. for them. Oh, yeah. It's like just you've made it impossible for them to get through the system of hoops to make this happen. And it's like this is the exact opposite of what you wanted to achieve. Just send everyone the same amount and then encourage people who don't need it to donate it to something. They probably won't, but at least you'll feel good about it. Well, that's the thing with food. Like, there's no scam with food. The food gets eaten or it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if somebody has a full fridge based on a slight lie or not, or whether they can afford it or not. Exactly. Food is a human right. Yeah. And uh, for, for the hoops that the city is making people go through for this... It, it really just shows you how they don't give a fuck. Like all the people <laughs> well, you saw. Even if they gave a fuck, yeah. they, can't, they had no ability to execute the fuck they give. Right. And all the charity you saw during Hurricane Ida, the people going down to Lafitte, going to Grand Isle, all over the place. None of that is sanctioned by a city or no. a government. It is people going, I've had enough of this shit. Yeah. And you're seeing that now with like... And they position these stories of like, isn't it a feel-good story that this guy took his trailer and filled it up with garbage? No. He shouldn't have to do that. These people shouldn't have to go and go to a a Walmart 
two hours from here, get a bunch of hot dogs, and then take it to somewhere that needs food. Yeah. Other people should be doing this. It's not a heartwarming story of human interest. It is a story of people putting up with the fucking government yeah. and, and doing whatever they can because they know that there's no actual help. Yeah, that's the kind of aid you send to, you know, when there's an earthquake in Bolivia. You know, like that, you know, like this is not an hour away is a totally, you know, technically functioning city. Yeah. You know, like it should not be this hard to get supplies to people and be able to make life livable for, for everyone that's involved. And God, it's so freaking frustrating. The, the part of this that never stops pissing me off is... How many disasters do we have to go through before we get good at this? How many times can you be blindsided by something happening? We should be the experts at disaster response. You know, from Mardi Gras, they're like, no one handles a giant crowd full of drunk morons better than New Orleans. Because every year they've got to do it for like eight days. So it's like when the Super Bowl comes and when there's, you know, the national championship, whatever it is, they're like, no one handles this shit better for big events than the, than the city of New Orleans. They know what they're doing. Meanwhile, we get hit with a disaster every, I don't know, 11 days. And we, have, we <laughs> sit there with our pants down like King Hippo with our hands up in the air going like, I don't know. What, the, what are we supposed to do now? Like, what are we, what's next? It's like, this happens all the time. The power goes out here because it's Tuesday. Like, why can't we understand a way to do anything to help people and to, to get cut through bullshit red tape? And it, it is... Uh, it's totally self-inflicted. This is not the event causing the problem. This is the people after the event unable to understand how to react and what human beings actually need. And there are people who are so needy in this city to begin with and who were treated so terribly to begin with. And now to put this undue shit on top of them is just horrific. It's horrific the way we treat people. Yeah, it really is. There, uh, you know, to go to something a little more lighthearted regarding the city, <laughs> there was a man, Daniel P. Jenkins, <laughs> my un uncle Dan, yes, <laughs> who called nine one one and said that he was going to shoot the mayor if his garbage did not get picked up. He lived at Gentilly. There's no garbage pickup there. We're not pro-death threat, but this is just... We're not pro-death threat. <laughs> However, if you want to threaten a city official in New Orleans, don't call 911 and do it. Call 311. Yeah, no one's going to answer. No one will answer. <laughs> and whoever doesn't listen. Yeah, so. they're like, you're like, hey, somebody <laughs> stole my garbage can. <laughs> Somebody left a pile of tires in my yard. They're like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't care." I'm gonna, I'm gonna possibly threaten harm for. And also, what's funny about that is uh, they went and arrested him immediately. And there are people. <laughs> no, there are people like they're calling nine one one. Hey, I'm uh, currently getting stabbed <laughs> at the corner of uh, Mardi Gras and Gumbo Avenue, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll see, we'll see about it." <laughs> and they look, went to this guy's house and got him. That's incredible. Like he was actually like, I, I know, I know that you somebody. can't threaten to kill. Boy, do I know that you can't <laughs> threaten to kill somebody 
and, you know, just uh, act like it was a goof. And and certainly this guy, you know, could have. But just the uh, the efficiency uh-huh. of going to his house and being like, hey, buddy, you said you were going to commit a crime tomorrow. Yeah. How many people are having crimes committed to them right now? <laughs> Anyway, this week's hero of the week. <laughs> uh, you know, every single person is being uh, is a victim of a crime in this city because we get charged uh, twenty eight dollars a month. We're going to get refunded for that, right? <laughs> Trash pickup. And uh, today was an amazing. If you don't follow uh, the Gambit on uh, Twitter, whoever is doing the Gambit, kudos to you. Incredible breakdown of today's meeting the city council had. Uh, about the trash situation, which we'll start with just the beautiful uh, symbolic nature that no one from the mayor's administration showed up. Zero. (laughs) Not her, not her uh, CFO, not her CAO, not anyone that she listens to, literally no one. The the meeting happened in a vacuum that no one will touch. Uh, During the meeting, the people who run the two trash companies, Richards and Metro, insisted that they just need more money to get it fixed. They're like, well, you know, everything was going fine, and then we've just kind of run out of money. And it's like, well, you aren't picking up the trash before any of this started. Right. So what are you talking about that you, I mean, the, the guy is just gaslighting the hell out of people, pretending like Metro and Richards were picking up the trash before the storm. They've never been doing it. I don't understand what has to occur for someone to just rip up this contract and say this guy, Jimmy Woods, who runs Metro Disposal, is a criminal. It's like this guy is he's he's stealing your money like he is literally taking money from the city and just saying like, well, we have a contract. They pay me this much. Yeah. Well, they're paying you that much in exchange. You're picking up the garbage. It's like, well. We'll do half of that. We'll do, but it's like the Sopranos with the waste management. I was like, "What? You? The city could just take the money that they were going to give these people, just give it to a national firm. I promise this would all be done in like a day and a half." Now, while all of that's happening, yeah, that's a great point, you know. But while that's happening, our mayor is at a very expensive hotel bar. <laughs> Fighting with the locals. Uh, I've got a little insider information on this. Yeah? Yeah, I do. From who? I'm not going to say a fucking word. Okay. Uh, But uh, LaToya had been at another establishment before the hotel. Okay. Drinking lots of booze. Surprise! Wound up at the hotel. This is allegedly. You can't sue me for saying allegedly. There's an asterisk. Is that the police officer on the line right now? Oh, God. He's going to kick in the door. (laughs) That's a threat. Throws a couple tires in here. Then I'm dragged away. He admitted it. He started the fire in the Superdome. No, I'm innocent. Uh, Everything I'm saying is a lie, of course. It's all a goof. Uh, But yeah, uh, people... Other people, Other people, you can arrest them. They're saying yes. that she was a little zooted up. And uh, if you saw the video online, she's yelling at somebody because uh, apparently he was saying her name very loudly, yeah. speaking to the bartender. I'm, sh- you know, you know the type of person. Yeah, He's talking shit. Yeah, and then she comes over. 
I think respectably is like, hey, I heard you talking some shit. And then he has nothing to back up. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it didn't look good. She was such a bully uh, as the video went on. She was really. It's easy to be a bully when you have two giant men standing next to you. She's uh, that's her style, though, man. It's like she's just kind of pushing people around and it doesn't really matter if she's right or wrong or indifferent or whatever. It's the it's as long as she's kind of getting her way. I don't think she really gives a shit. And so it is. uh, It's been disheartening to watch how this thing has unfolded. I think she knows uh, at this point that she's definitely screwing things up. I think it'd be impossible to live in the city on a daily basis right now and not think that things are going terribly wrong on things that are very controllable. Like, again, like a a category four hurricane hitting your city is just bad. And that, and especially like when the power goes out for multiple days, like I get it. Like there is a level of grace that is absolutely acceptable. This city has gone so far past that level of grace that is uh, allowable and excusable. You can't even begin to like to to start to empathize with them anymore. You could for ten days or so, even two weeks. You could be like, ah, eh, yeah, whatever. Something bad happened. At this point, this is just a complete joke and you're also um giving them a little more benefit of the doubt than they deserve uh probably current meteorological records uh show that the hurricane actually hitting new orleans was more uh the winds and things like that were more along along the lines of a uh level one yeah yeah category one i should yeah, say not category like two hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. laplace was more of a of a category four new orleans was actually more of a category one or two so uh new orleans of course the city of new orleans wants to play up category four to uh hide their buffoonish ways <laughs> and uh you know just kind of use that as a scapegoat but it's not really the fact uh there is you know is the city getting its act together I think you can say yes this Thursday and the next Thursday they're going to be DUI checkpoints <laughs> from 9 p.m. until 5 a.m. in uh, different parts of the city in Orleans Parish. This that, is completely true. Got the priorities in order here. Um, so if you would like to murder someone <laughs> Thursday between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m., very good time. Five of the eight cops will be uh, pulling people over. You want to kick in my... If you would like to come to the Bud Light Lime studio <laughs> and show me what for, Thursday, 9 p.m., <laughs> between 5 a.m. on Friday. Great time. <laughs> Barney Fife is going to be out there. He's got his one bullet in the pocket. Gomer Pyle, he wasn't a police officer. Oh, God, man. Uh, and Isn't our, this great? It's Thursday. Thursday. Too. Well, what, hey. What, where the fuck are you getting drunk? <laughs> Nowhere's open. <laughs> uh, and they also, I'm sure they'll make sure if you have your mask on in your car by yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, the very last thing for local uh, news is uh, an update for all of you. Uh, Polk, let's get our weekly roundup on the tire pile. How do we say? How are we doing this week? The tires. Still there. Still there. <laughs> right. I do. And I've I've made joke of this, uh, but there are sincerely two more tires. <laughs> They're spawning down the street. They're not at my place yet, but I swear to God, oh, they'll hook up soon. <laughs> there are two tires, not at the house immediately next uh-huh. to me, but two houses down. Uh, wow. 
I'm going to build a boat. I'm going to, next hurricane that comes through, I'm going to sail away on my tire raft. <laughs> what do you think? And get have- eaten by the 500-pound <laughs> alligator that killed that guy. Do you remember there was that giant tire pile they found in New Orleans East? I think it was like three days for the hurricane, so nobody remembers anymore. Do you think they took anymore. care of it? Yeah, what do you think happened to that thing? <laughs> <laughs> you think the alligators did <laughs> You, who's living in that thing right now? I hope that just like the laser tag and Metairie went and got of those <laughs> tires and like opened up a bouncy house or whatever. You should. Someone should just build a giant gumbo pot with it, right? You know, <laughs> the nice art. Uh, Put it on the roof of the super. Exactly. <laughs> Let's have a real tire fire and show the city what we're made of. Uh, all right. That takes us through uh, the local news segment. Uh, always a fun trip down there. So. Now we will move in to segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated, overrated. I'm going to start off overrated. Mist machines. You know what I'm talking about? Like at uh, at the bar? Yeah, like uh, or behind the bench. Sometimes in they're called game. like a cool zone. Uh-huh. It's usually just a tube that sprays mist out upon you. Yes, there are the, many of them at jazz fest. Usually, now these are fun at a festival, an outdoor event mm-hmm. where you're wandering around. You can take a quick stroll through the misting tent, get a little, you know, spritz, and keep a moving. Sure, these have started popping up. In every restaurant and patio in New Orleans. Uh-huh. And when you are sitting underneath one of these, you are just getting hosed down. <laughs> the mist uh, has a cumulative effect. Have you experienced this? Uh, I've definitely been around a mister, but I don't think I've sat like directly in front of it. Well, a lot of these places... In New Orleans, they have small patios, and they're just—they were so worried about people being boiling hot this sure. summer that they put a million of these things in, and you come out looking like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Your hair is just greasy and wet. All the all the makeup I wear is running down my all my eyeliner runs down my face, and it's not really when you're just sitting in it. It's not refreshing. It's just like somebody spraying you with a hose. It's just sticky. When you're at Jazz Fest and you get the little mist, then you walk out, you catch a breeze. Uh-huh. It's I'm not a scientist. I don't know. It makes you feel good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good in a temporary sense, but not when you're. Sitting underneath it for sure. I mean, yeah. the like the, I think they're trying to do the answer to the heater, like you know when you go in a cold patio and there are heaters out there, it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like that is like it works kind of perfectly. Like all you need is that 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 lamp being near you in any capacity, and it usually pretty much does the job. Uh, they can't really do that for cool. No. It doesn't work as well. So just misting you for uh, an hour and a half while you eat uh, a three-course meal doesn't seem like a great uh, fix for that. And now I'm a solutions man. I don't just complain like you do. Sure, I come up I, with that, a solution. That's true, yes. I think that we get like a whoopee cushion style seating <laughs> that you put in the freezer and then when the waiter when the waiter comes out, you know, he's like, hey, everybody, how are you? Let me put your ice pillows down. <laughs> and then you're just sitting on the icy cold cushion. That would be very refreshing. I mean, yeah, I think you'd have, you know, your ass would be a little swampy by the end of it. It's going to be anyway. 
<laughs> my ass? Have you seen my ass? Have you seen? Of course you have. After a long hot That's day. That's the, the Patreon sun. episode. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Or I, we could just get, okay, the trash guys, they're not going to do it anymore. That's true. Let's hire them at the restaurants to fan us. <laughs> They can just spit in our face for yeah, it to cool us down. For bring a while. us ice cubes. Yeah. They'll be the cooling men now. <laughs> oh man, uh, I have a, a quick uh, overrated as well. Uh, it, festing in place. This was a cute idea mm-hmm. when it was Jazz Fest, uh, the first Jazz Fest we missed, and WWE has did a great job of. Uh, showing, you know, of, of putting on old Jazz Fest at the time that Jazz Fest normally is. Everybody wore their Hawaiian shirts and their various festival gear. They put on WWOZ for the whole weekend. They had their, you know, Miller Lights and they hung out in their backyards. And it felt like a very communal experience at a time where we very much needed communal experiences. Now, pretty much everything is open, right? Except festivals. The fried chicken festival canceled. The blues and barbecue festival. Jazz Fest obviously is the most, the prime festival that's uh, canceled in New Orleans. But normally there are tons of festivals to go to right now. They all canceled because of, I guess, of COVID, even though they're all outside. Uh, and you couldn't just require a vaccine like everyone else does. So I don't really understand all of that necessarily. However, they've all canceled. But fear not, because this week... Beignet Fest said you can't beignet fest in place. How does that work? I don't, I guess, go get beignets. Bring them to your house. Eat them. <laughs> beignet Fest. Maybe listen to the bag of donuts or the chiwis on your Apple device. There's never been a less appealing food item to bring <laughs> into your home than beignets. That's like getting spaghetti in the drive-thru. <laughs> it's just not made for that. No. I... I cannot, for the life of me, understand why anyone would think they need to beignet fest in place. Well, I mean, these these festivals are canceling not because of COVID or anything. It's because there's a labor shortage. They don't want to pay for it. They yeah. know that they're not going to be able to have security. They're not going to be able to have garbage pickup. Yeah. There's a lot more aspects behind this than just COVID. And, of course, they're going to hide behind that and say it's COVID. COVID, as you and I know it, is over. I got my fourth <laughs> Johnson & Johnson last week. You made $6,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's like uh, you cancel Beignet Fest. That's fine. Don't tell me to Beignet Fest in place. All right. Don't like let's just cancel the goddamn fest. Don't tell me to fried chicken festival place. I can go get fried chicken. I'm aware. I know where to get fried chicken. You know, I know where to get beignets. Don't tell me to do it in place. Just say eat beignets. That's good. Beignets in place. Maybe I went to the Saint last week and I saw a bunch of people with white stuff all over their face. I guess they were beignet (laughs) festing in place. That must have been what that was. It was pre. It was the pre-party. They were very excited. <laughs> it was the gay lively. Yes. I guess that's what they were doing. It did look like they were having a lot of fun. Very so high energy. Yes. Maybe I've judged too much. Uh, <laughs> underrated. The three p.m. football game. Three p.m. NFL game. Yeah, it's good for college too. Two thirty is more the college, but yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure it's good for you. You have to wake up at five a.m. <laughs> Your kids are screaming. It you got to feed them. Yeah. It is a nice uh, in-betweener of like, 
it's not quite prime time, but it's also not that, you know, that noon kickoff can just feel a little sleepy. Noon kickoff, uh, I lived in Los Angeles for four years. The noon games there were 10 a.m. games, sure. and the bars don't open at 10 a.m. there. Yeah. So I was a man out on an island of loneliness. Uh, the noon games here, a little bit better. I'd still, the 3 p.m. is the sweet spot because you can get hammered mm-hmm. and still get a good night's rest. That's true. It, the primetime game, there's too much pressure. Yeah. And you got to watch the primetime goons. That's, yes. And there's no games to switch off to when it's bad. And then it's dark. And uh-huh. it's just, it's too much pressure for, look, if the Saints were world beaters, 7 p.m. game, sure, bring it on. That's a lot of fun. Yes. These Saints are a 3 p.m. <laughs> team, no question. Get hammered. Yeah. Go home. Fall asleep at 7 p.m. Have a nice Monday. Forget what you saw the previous evening. I do enjoy the early game with kids, like for college, like when Tulane. I would like Tulane to play every college, game at different story. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, when I was in college, I wanted every game to be at night because it's you know maximum amount of time to drinking. Now I want maximum time uh, for sleeping. Yes. So it is you know my priorities have changed uh, in that regard. But I am. Uh, I think the three o'clock start is definitely the best. So I guess now it's like three twenty-five. Is that technically that kickoff? And that is definitely the the best NFL slot. And it's not just because the Saints played their you know really good game this season at three o'clock, and their really horrific <laughs> worst performance in twenty years was at noon. No, nothing to do with nothing that. to do with that. All right, that'll take us into my favorite part of every single week on this year program, ladies and gentlemen. Who worst? The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read or whatevered this week. You can send them in to us, polkandkush at gmail.com. You can also DM us or reply, whatever the kids call it, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Polk sure. and Kush at Twitter. We went viral today. <laughs> yeah. I, not really. Like eh, our level of viral. The, the normal <laughs> the the amount of people that call you an idiot every day on Twitter <laughs> liked our tweet. And I'm like, we've gone viral. <laughs> we've gone viral. <laughs> Look at them boots. The worst thing I saw this week. AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She's a Democratic Socialist from New York. She went to the Met Gala last oh, week. Yeah. The Met Gala. I don't think most people know what the hell it is. It's it's like a celebration of opening of like museums and stuff sure. in New York. And a, a bunch of rich celebrities go to it and oh. they dress up like uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> they all just dress up like Lady Gaga. I would have said Bjork. Yeah. Had, it's an old reference. That's what I would think is like a crazy dressing person. Bjork. Yeah. Kids now, they're going to say, it's not even, Lady Gaga's fucking old now. Yeah, Tilda Swinton dresses like a a maniac as well. Yeah, all these maniacs went. Anyway, AOC, socialist, whatever, sure, that's great. Well, she went and she wore a a dress, and on the back of the dress it said, tax the rich. Oh, goodness, how bold. The uh, Met Gala is a uh, $30,000 a ticket (laughs) uh, event. I understand, like... 
you know, maybe you're going to this thing. You're trying to disrupt it. Yeah. You're trying to uh, hit you know, them where they are. Make a statement. I get it. Sure, you're wearing a fifteen thousand dollars dress <laughs> that says "Tax the Rich" on it. And you know you'll be in every single uh, you know tabloid and and all over social media that night. Yeah. Yeah. Something it's not self-serving along those lines. Uh, but uh, people started digging into this, and they found out that the uh, the designer of the dress is uh, a notable rich person. Oh, yeah? Who could have seen that coming? Let's see. Uh, the Department of Taxation. Okay, not only is he a rich person, and when I say rich, I don't mean rich like you. You're <laughs> rich like the million-dollar man, yes. Rich like the $100 million man. <laughs> the designer of her dress is an heir to something, and he is worth $100 million. <laughs> and you go, okay, that doesn't, he says tax the rich. That doesn't mean uh, that he is not paying his tax. Oh, indeed true. it does. Uh, <laughs> oh, what? No. Indeed it does. His company, uh, between April 2018 and April 2019, the IRS placed six federal liens on his brokerage agency, totaling $103,000, oh The liens specifically cite the company's failure to remit employee payroll taxes. The IRS declined to commit on their current status. Holy crap. Just because they take it out of your paycheck doesn't mean they're sending it to the government, <laughs> said some tax guy. So they were, they were taxing the employees who... That's if, um, great. If I were to guess, are not rich. Uh, no, no. And I then the company, uh... the company that's worth at least $100 million, not paying their taxes. The, I guess this guy's name is Jam. Jam. The so they were just long. taking the money out. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like 100 times worse than just not paying your taxes, too. Aurora James is the name of the designer okay. uh, for this dress. He's some guy. He's worth $100 million. <laughs> And uh, it says, James apparently has no problem stiffing the tax man. They are not shy about taking money from taxpayers. Her company received $41,000 in pandemic relief aid. (laughs) Over the years, the Cultural Brokerage Agency has also faced multiple legal challenges as a result of habitual nonpayment of worker benefits. It's always the people you most suspect. Right? Like, it's all, like, definitely every single time it's like that, right? And then Whenever you see a guy in, like, a, this is what a feminist looks like shirt, uh-huh. don't let your daughter around that guy. Yeah. That guy's like, a creep. It's like that that guy. It's And it works the other way, too. It's like all the guys who are the most strident, anti-gay, pray the gay away, whatever, were always the guys in bathroom stalls at rest stops, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Remember that uh, senator from uh, Wyoming who like, had the, the wide stance in the uh, airport <laughs> bathroom? And he was like, oh, no, it's just how I poop. It was like, oh, no, that is a uh, well-known gay mating call. Yeah. You I know. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> no. uh, uh, so once you, when you go in... When you're that ostentatious in one direction, I just don't believe you. Uh, like, it's not the same as Bernie Sanders. It's not the same as Elizabeth Warren. Like, this is such a very obvious 
Like, Bernie Sanders ploy. isn't a hot chick. That's what I'm saying. Bernie Sanders isn't trying to like his whole life isn't just about getting this attention. She just like attracts his attention. And I like I, like her politics or whatever. I actually, you know, respect where she came from and her background and all that sort of stuff. But like I just despise politicians that are so in your face trying to get this level of attention and trying to make this grand statement on this grand stage while at the same time being so wildly hypocritical about the background of everything that's going on oh, yeah. behind it. And it's like, I get it, man. Like I, I hear what you're trying to do. And like, if you only look at the surface and you only look at this for 10 seconds, then it's great. The second that you actually start to dive in just past the crust level of it, uh, it all looks like shit and it all falls apart in terms of just, you know, hypocritical uh, BS falling, you know, uh, just magnetizing itself and metastasizing itself. So very frustrating uh, as this became like such a huge story. But I did not know that portion of it with the taxes. Good God. I mean, that's how it always goes. It's not AOC does not owe taxes. You know, I understand. Not like our fine mayor. Yeah, I, I understand, like, saying I'm going to go to this rich thing and make a statement, but clearly this is, this is just somebody that wants to be famous. Yeah. I and get who's, it. Like, technically you're poor. You're young, you're hot, yeah. you have cool politics, great. But don't stand up there and act like you're the same as Bernie. No. This guy who owns one pair of shoes. <laughs> Can you imagine Bernie going in there? Wearing like a T-shirt, he got free from the newspaper. <laughs> what a statement, Mister Sanders, <laughs> Senator Sanders! What a what a bold fashion statement! It's like, well, they gave me this uh, 16 years ago. Came with a hot dog. Yeah, he's got like a Buffalo Bills Super Bowl <laughs> champion T-shirt on. Uh, uh, the, the the thing with the ASC that makes me crazy too is the the retort always from her camp. Is that she does, you know, she lives in like a one bedroom apartment in Queens and she's a bartender and all this stuff. It's like, well, she has now generated so much attention on herself and does things like this intentionally to generate attention onto herself that she knows the second she flips the switch and decides to write a book, do a documentary again, whatever it might be that she wants to sell, she has a gazillion social media followers, all this, and she will be a millionaire. Instantly, whenever she decides it, she has built her way into that. And that has to be discussed when talking about any politician, because that's also Donald Trump. It's the same bullshit where all of that attention they're getting the second they decide to flip the switch. Barack Obama had it. Bill Clinton had it. Everybody. They've built themselves into celebrities as much as they have politicians. And that is such a conflict of interest when it comes to like, I want boring politicians Give me boring politicians who don't yell at people in bars, who aren't doing uh, giant, you know, flashy things to get attention. Just give me like the most run of the mill, boring as shit House of Representatives member who like sits in meetings all day and like works out deals and then ends up like, you know, getting all the money. That used to be the fun thing. You know, people made fun of Bob Dole because he was old and boring. Yeah. I don't know what I know. Bob Dole's a Republican. I don't know what the fuck he thought about anything. No. And that's the way it should be. Yes. Howard <laughs> Dean did not get to run for president because he yelled <laughs> at a rally. <laughs> 
And uh, now that wasn't that long ago. No, it what was. Gerald Ford's building house. Well, he's dead, I think. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Carter's building house. Yeah. yeah. And all these guys. Everybody like, else, you know, George W. Bush is painting pictures of Guantanamo. <laughs> They're up in the Guggenheim. <laughs> Hillary's hanging out on Epstein's <laughs> Island. I was like, I just, can we just get back to an era before social media no. where just being the biggest asshole doesn't generate you the most amount of money? Man, I wish it did for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you want to take us out? Yes, sir. This has been Polk and Kush. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners. As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, or death threats, uh, please send them to polkandkush at gmail.com or just call 911. Uh, we will be back, of course, next week with another episode. Until then, please subscribe. Please rate. I saw you four-star rating. I saw you one-star rating. We need to overwhelm those people with our five-star ratings, which we have now hit, I believe, 100. Uh, anyway, love doing this show. We will continue to do it. We so deeply appreciate the support. I will stop rambling and allow you to get it on with the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. See ya!